Hey there, it's Janie Porter, and this is She Just Glows, the podcast. I'm gonna help you find joy and purpose in your life just as it is today. Not tomorrow, not when life is perfect, not when you win a million dollars or your kids finally stop peeing on the seat, but right now. I'm a life coach, a writer, a wife, and a mom of four. And just like you, I spend my days fighting through the pressure to be thin, happy, and have the perfect house and the perfect life. But here's the thing, I've never found perfection. What I have found is that it's so much better to just be real. So grab a cup of coffee and join me like you would a girlfriend. We'll talk mom life, body image, letting go of the lie of perfection, and learning to thrive in the chaos of our world today. You've got your own life coach in your back pocket now. This is She Just Glows, the podcast. All right, guys, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And I got to be honest with you, I have been wanting to do a podcast episode with all my favorite life hacks for a long time now. And I have I have way more than five, but I'm going to try to stay focused and keep it to five in this episode. And I have to tell you, I think the fifth one is the best. So stick around for it. But if you like this, I'll do more. So let me know in the, um, I don't know, how do you do it on the podcast apps? Do you do it in the comments? Send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook at She Just Glows, or you can send me an email, Janie at SheJustGlows.com. So welcome, welcome. I'm a joy coach. I'm a mom of four. Um, I'm a writer, and I'm here to encourage you in your life today. And I love in this podcast sharing simple ways to add joy and purpose to your life, right? And simple is the key. I think in our world today, we really love to complicate things and that is not what I'm about. Okay, so I'm just gonna dive right in. My first life hack that I have to share with you is very simple. No sharing cups with children. Guys, I gotta tell you, if you find yourself sick every other month, are you sharing cups with your kids? Are you giving them bites of your food? I know this sounds really mean at first, but honestly, here's let me explain to you a story, okay? Because you're not being mean if you don't share your food with your kids and if you don't share your cups with your kids. I'm here to tell you, if you learn nothing else today in this episode of She Just Closed the Podcast, you're not mean if you don't share your food and drink with your kids. Okay, so let me explain. I had a year where I was sick on every holiday. I'm talking Halloween. I could barely get through four houses before I had to run home and throw up. Okay, this was a few years back. I was pregnant with our third boy. Thanksgiving rolled around. I caught what the kids had again, another stomach bug. Throwing up, couldn't eat turkey dinner. The smell of turkey when you're sick, oh, the worst, right? And then Christmas, same thing. I was literally sick on every holiday, okay? And from that year on, this was like several years ago, I said, I am no longer sharing cups, spoons, forks, any of it with my kids. Guess what? I've barely gotten a stomach bug ever since then, okay? So I'm telling you, this is a very simple thing, but if I can save you from at least one stomach bug a year, is that not worth it? And all the colds and coughs and, oh my gosh. I mean, I am really, um, I am really, what's the word? 
like possessive over my especially my straws my kids know when I pick them up from school we go to the park every day after school they know do not even touch my straw with your grubby little fingers because if they do I won't drink it the rest of the time I mean this is how serious I am about it but I'm telling you this is a life hack that works (laughs) save yourself from the constant cycle of being sick and just do not share germs with your kids like period it's so simple oh my gosh I mean here's an example Our daughter just turned five and we took her to Disney World for the day. My husband and I, we live somewhat close to Disney World here in Florida and we have annual passes and we thought how fun to take just our daughter, the youngest of our four kids, to Disney World. And we went on a couple rides and I was starving, right? So like we got um, cheeseburgers and fries. I was like, yes, I am so ready to eat. And I'm looking at my food and I'm thinking, I should really wash my hands right now. I should get up right now. I should go find a bathroom. I should put some soap and water on my hands. But in the moment, I went against everything I believe in. And I just said, forget it. I'm starving. And guess what? Then I was sick. I had like a sore throat. And I was like, I knew it. I knew I should have washed my hands before the cheeseburger. It's simple, but I got to tell you, it's never worth it. It's never worth it when you share cups with your kids. So if my kids come to the park and they're thirsty, I either hold my cup above their mouth. They cannot touch it with their mouth. If they end up doing that, I just give them the cup. I know I sound like such a germaphobe. I swear I'm not, but I am such a stickler on this because quite frankly, who has time to be sick? I don't. You don't. Um, And if they don't bring their waters to the park, sometimes I'll just say, okay, I guess you're thirsty. And also I'll send them to the drinking fountain. They still do exist just like they did in the beautiful days of our 80s childhoods, guys. Kids can still drink out of the hose and they can still go to that drinking fountain. They do still exist. (laughs) All right. Okay. So that is life hack one. No sharing cups with kids. Life hack two. Leave earlier. Okay. You want to know a really simple way to decrease stress and angst in your life? Stop the rushing. Stop waiting until the last minute. Leave earlier. And I know you're like, but I have kids and I have, I know, I know you have a busy schedule. I know I'm going to get to all of that. Okay. But when you leave early, you show up early. When you show up early, oh my gosh, imagine this. You have a minute to regroup before you get started, right? Did you know there's actually something called hurry sickness? I love this. So this was a book in 1985 called Type A Behavior and Your Heart. It was written by two cardiologists. And I got to tell you guys, as a, as a joy coach, and I offer six and 12 session packages for new clients right now. If you want one-on-one sessions with me via Zoom, we have Voxer in between sessions which is basically an app where you can leave really long voicemails for each other. So if you're having a rough day, you don't need to wait until next session to tell me about it and to get feedback. You can send it that day and and I'll get back to you as soon as I can, usually in the same business day. Anyway, I got to tell you, most of my clients, I would definitely say are type A, just like me, right? So I know I am speaking to my people right now when when I'm sharing about this book called Type A Behavior and Your Heart. So hurry sickness is not an actual medical condition, but it's known as a sense of excessive time urgency, okay? So what are you doing? You're trying to get a lot done. You have a very full life. 
you have a very full schedule. You have a lot of people depending on you, right? You're like, I know you're, I know you're listening right now and you're like, yep, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Okay. So you may constantly feel rushed or anxious because you have this feeling of urgency to get things done. Okay. So type A personalities in particular have a very pronounced component of hurry sickness in their personality. And this actually leads to something pretty scary, stress-related heart issues, okay? So hurry sickness, according to two cardiologists, leads to heart issues from stress, okay? That makes sense, right? So in fact, a study in 2010 that consisted of 442 people in Iraq found evidence that people associated with type A personality had a significantly increased risk of hypertension. Okay, so this is this is life hacks, but I mean, there's, there's science behind this stuff. So what I wanna share with you is something that I do in my life, and I have four kids. I have a very busy schedule as well. I love to book up my calendar. I'm just one of those crazy calendar people, as you probably know if you've been here for any length of time. But I, as much as I can control it, which isn't all the time, but as much as I can control it, I leave early and then I show up early and then I'm not rushing. And so if you're telling me your schedule is too busy because you've got this appointment and you have less than enough time than you need to get to your next appointment and your kids have this activity and that activity and you couldn't say no to volunteering at school. So you have that even though you're double booked and you actually have a client call at the same time. Like, here's what I'm going to tell you about that. If your schedule is too busy, get control of it. You are 100% in control of your family's schedule. Girl, you're the gatekeeper of your family's life, right? So if you're overbooked and overscheduled, you might have more control of that situation than you realize. And I have a whole episode all about this. I think it's a really long episode too. It's called something like the art of controlling your calendar. And in this culture, in this day and age, it is an art to control your calendar. It is counterculture to say no to things. It is weird to have a kid who's only in one sport at a time, right? You might be listening and thinking, that's crazy. I could never do that. Listen to that episode if you're interested in digging into that. But if your schedule is too busy, figure it out. Because it's not worth it to be showing up to a life day after day where you are already setting yourself up for failure because the schedule is whack to begin with. Like even if you were perfect down to the minute, you are set up to fail from the beginning of the day because your schedule is too, you don't have enough margin in between stuff, right? So, and I know kids make this tough. I mean, leave early. I used to really have a hard time with the fact when I was a new mom, um, again, I just shared with you, I'm pretty type A. Oh, it just killed me that I would have been on time to even something as simple as a play date or library story timing. It wasn't serious stuff, guys, but I like being on time. But having children, having little ones, having blowouts, having meltdowns, we can't find the sock, where's the shoe, where's the snack, we're hungry again, like... That happens, of course. I get it. Um, 
kids make it necessary to have to really back time your leave time, right? To where you're like, you're getting ready to leave the house for like two hours, right? When you're, I mean, I had a, I had a, I had a chapter of life where I had three kids under four. And I remember it, I literally would start getting ready to leave like 90 minutes to two hours before, before we needed to be there. Okay. But it's not impossible. If your kids keep making you late, start getting ready earlier. And sometimes they're just going to make you late. And I totally get that. And so I hope you know in this episode and in any time I'm speaking, um, I have empathy for where you are at. I absolutely understand that like life doesn't always go exactly the way that we're trying to set it up to go and frame it up to go. But this is a good guideline. This is a good goal, right? So would it help you to just start getting your kids ready earlier if they're always making you late? Yeah, obviously it would, right? So just try it. So here's an example. Here's an example of the time margin that I leave myself to go places, okay? So when I'm heading to my workout, it's a 12-minute drive, okay? I leave 20 minutes early because I want to get there and I want to be able to take a deep breath. I want to be able to enjoy the surroundings. I want to feel an ease in my morning. And so leaving 20 minutes early does that for me. But to leave 20 minutes early, I actually have to get up a little earlier, right? So again, it's just that idea of back timing the day. And I know you're sitting here thinking, gee, I'm so glad I tuned into this Life Hacks episode. You're telling me to leave earlier for things. It, it is so simple, but it's important. Because I know what some of you do before before you get before you head off to somewhere that like it's a it's an appointment that starts in in 12 minutes. You leave 10 minutes before. So you're already two minutes late, even if you hit all the green lights, right? So my message is stop doing that to yourself. Because here's what happens when you know you're running late. You're stressed, you're probably speeding. And that means, well, first of all, the stress means your mental state is compromised and at risk, okay? You're speeding, and so that's putting your physical health at risk. I mean, speeding is dangerous. You know, you could crash. You're also impacting your financial health, if you really think about it, because speeding tickets cost money, and crashes certainly cost money, and, and much more it can actually be much more serious. So rushing actually adds a lot of stress and anxiety to your day and to your life. And over time, the experts say, this makes a big difference in your default mental state, okay? When we talk about if you're always leaving 10 minutes before the appointment that actually is 12 minutes away, so you're already always showing up two minutes late, you have in your head that you need to rush, that you're behind. And that's, that's, that's just no way to go through a day. The heartbeat races, the stress, the angst, the impatience. So stop the hurrying. Just leave earlier. Give yourself a break. It's not that hard to get there earlier. It's not. Tell me how long you're scrolling today. And I'll tell you, you can leave a few minutes earlier for that appointment. <sighs> and take a few deep breaths and get that much needed moment of reset in your day. Okay, so that's one that I love and live by as much as humanly possible. And again, is it possible every single day? Obviously not. Life happens. I have four little kids myself. I get it. But starting the process earlier makes the whole experience so much less stressful. Okay, 
Number three is kind of a random one, but I just love this, so I had to share. When you have a hair appointment, when you're, when you're sitting in the chair, usually for me, I'm sitting in the chair and we're booking the next one in like six weeks or eight weeks, or maybe you go 12 weeks. Maybe you go like my sister-in-law, she goes like twice a year and she's just like a rock star. I'm like, how do you do that? You know? Anyway, so you're at your hair appointment, you're booking the next one. So here, here's my trick. Here's my hack, okay? When you're booking the next one, do a date night or a girl's night after the hair appointment, the next hair appointment. While you're in the seat, schedule the babysitter, okay? So let's say you have the hair appointment today. You're scheduling it for six weeks from now, okay? On that day, let's call it April 15th. Let's also text our babysitter, hey, can you work April 15th, 5 to 10 p.m.? Sure can. It's in the calendar. Now you have a hair appointment and, girl, you are not wasting that hair. You're going out. The world needs to see the hair, especially, I mean, you know, like at least for me, after the first, like after the first moments when I leave the salon, the hair, the hair never looks as good again, right? Like after the first few minutes that it's done and it's been styled by a professional, like it's never going to look better than that. So girl, let the world see that, honey. Do not waste the hair. Do not waste the hair. Make the babysitter plan, the date night plan, the girls night plan while you are in the chair for six, eight, 12 weeks from, from now, whenever it is. I love that one. I do it religiously and it's just amazing. Okay, so we have number one, no sharing cups with kids. Number two, leave earlier. Number three, when you have a hair appointment, book the next one and make it a date night afterwards, okay? That day. Number four, Oh my gosh, let me preach this to you now. Girl, just do the grocery delivery, please. Please, please, please. I know a lot of us um, have been doing this since 2020. I started years before that, actually, because I realized what a time suck it was shopping for six people every single week. Okay, so I'm going to break this down with math for you, okay? I know you want to pick your produce. I know that's the big thing. I want to pick my strawberries. I don't want someone else touching my broccoli. Okay, I get it, but it's really not that important when I when I show you how much money you're saving and how much time you're saving. And I'm not sponsored here in any way. This is just what I do, okay? Okay, so I pay $140 a year for unlimited Walmart grocery delivery. And I broke that down. It's $2.69 a week for unlimited grocery delivery. Okay, so I do about three grocery deliveries a week usually. Do you know what that comes out to? 90 cents a delivery, guys, 90 cents. So I'm paying $2.69 a week to never leave my house and to have groceries delivered to my doorstep. Okay, so again, that's 140 for the year. So let's calculate how much that would cost me in dollars if every hour that I'm doing the grocery shopping, so I'm gonna say 20 bucks, okay? I make more than that per hour, you probably do too, but let's just be really conservative and let's just say 20 bucks an hour is what I need to account for for my lost time at my job or at any other way of being productive, like time is money, right? Even if you're a stay-at-home mom, it is time out of your day and out of your life. So for me, I'm driving 30 minutes to Walmart, the shopping itself takes an hour to an hour and a half, and I mean, 
At this point, we would need two carts, 100%. It's a very physical endeavor to be taking it out of the car. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a physical task, okay? Then I've got the 30-minute drive home, and then I have to unload it from the car. Now, when you have the delivery, it just shows up on your doorstep. You still have to, of course, put everything away, but you know, it's much better than having all the rest of that. So we're looking at a minimum, a minimum of two and a half hours per trip. That's for me. And then if I'm doing that three times a week, that's seven and a half hours a week, okay? Do you know how many hours that adds up to in a year? 390 hours that I would be spending grocery shopping in a year. And again, like I said, if you're calculating that your time is money, because it is, and we're being really conservative and saying $20 an hour, $20 an hour for 390 hours of your grocery shopping time is $7,800 of your time a year that you're spending on something that you just don't need to be doing. So pay someone else $140 a year to do it, okay? I got, I, I just, I had to get that out of my system Rather than spending seven and a half hours of your time a week, spend less than $3 a week and have someone else do that for you. Now, how does this also add up? First of all, in the Walmart app, again, I'm not sponsored here or anything, but unlike Instacart, in my experience, Walmart does not actually mark up the products themselves. You just pay that yearly unlimited delivery fee. Instacart, I've noticed, really does mark things up. Now, Another way this can add up is you do tip the driver every time you get a delivery. So for me, every delivery is automatically an additional four bucks because I'm tipping the driver. I think it's optional, but I always do it because I know it's a service and a support to those who are um, providing me with the service. And I just, I think it's important. Um, But even at four bucks a trip, that adds up to $624 a year. And let's just tack on the $140 for the delivery. So now we're at $764 a year, okay? You're paying $764 a year to save yourself $7,800 worth of your time. That's a no-brainer, guys. I love also in the app that I don't tend to do impulse buys because I just plug in what I need. Like I'll just search bananas and then get my five bananas or whatever. I'm not seeing things on end caps. I'm not doing these impulse buys. So I also think that I spend less on groceries when I do it that way. Okay, so that's my spiel on Walmart and grocery delivery in general. Try it, do it, save yourself the time. You have so many other things to do in your day. And I promise you um, getting like getting a bruised peach from the produce guy who didn't pick it out right for you, like really isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> like just order another delivery for later today if it's that bad. And you can also, if you're not happy with the quality of the produce, you simply put in the app damaged or defective and you usually just get an immediate refund for that item and you keep the item usually. So easy, easy, easy. Okay, so speaking of a time savings, This, I I think I saved the best for last here. So my fifth favorite life hack. You ready? Girl, stop folding your kids' clothes, please. Now, I am definitely someone who likes a clean house. I like things to look orderly. I personally, in my drawers, fold in the Marie Kondo style because I'm kind of crazy. But with my kids' clothes, listen, They trash their drawers the moment they try to pick something out. 
I mean, it just used to drive me crazy. I'd fold everything. I'd have different piles in the drawers. You know, it was all in order. And I mean, they would just get wild within less than a day. And it was just a losing battle. I mean, I would get frustrated. I would get like, I would get frustrated with them. And they're just little kids like picking out their clothing. They don't know how to keep it perfectly folded. So I just decided, and I work with some of my private clients on little things like this a lot. I decided, listen to this, to release myself from that fight. I decided to release myself from needing my kids to have organized drawers, okay? And what do you do with that? Well, you also have to release yourself from caring if your kids have wrinkly clothing. So for so long, I was like, well, I have to fold the clothes or they'll be wrinkly when they go to school. You know how many stains and, um, you know, knee holes come home from school with my kids in their clothing items? Like, we have stains come home from school. We have ripped knees all the time. (laughs) A little wrinkle here and there is really a drop in the bucket compared to what my kids do to their clothing. So I just said, why fight it? So what I do on laundry day, I do laundry twice a week. Not that anyone's asking, but hey, we have time here. It's a podcast. I'm almost done with this episode. I promise. I do laundry twice a week. I do it at the end of the weekend. So we go into the week fresh and then I do it on like Thursday. Okay. And all I do with my kids laundry load is I make sure every item is right side out and I simply drop in piles for each child. It's a pile of, let's say my oldest son, my oldest son's jeans his shorts, and his shirt, all of which go into the exact same drawer in their dresser. That's another, that's another life hack. Each kid has one drawer of clothing. Why? Because I do laundry enough. They always pick the same things anyway. They grow like weeds. They stain things. They ruin things. They don't need more than seven or eight t-shirts. Like your children don't need 30 t-shirts. I mean, they don't. It just makes life more stressful. It's more stuff. It's more to wash. It's more this. It's more that. And then what happens? They still just want the same shirt, like two shirts that they really like anyway, right? So I have one drawer for each kid, period. And they just get a pile of their clothing that they put in the drawer. It's really simple. And then we have a bin for underwear and a bin for socks because all my boys are generally the same size. That may not last forever, but that's what works for us. So another hack that I want to share with you is when it comes to laundry, that's one of the tasks that I always do when the children are around. This is something that I call a manual task. And so if you've been into episode 13 of this podcast, I talk about manual tasks and digital tasks. I divide up what I have to do in a day based on when I'm around the kids. So when I'm not with the children, like when they're at school, I will do all of my digital tasks. I will update finances. I will respond to emails. I will work. I will, um, you know, make phone calls to the, I don't know, the plumber and, you know, just do all of that kind of household stuff that requires mental energy and being on a phone or a computer to do it. The tasks that I purposely save for when my children are around me are the manual tasks. These are emptying the dishwasher. I was going to say folding laundry, but as as we've established, I don't. So piling their laundry, like, you know, sorting their laundry, I'll, I'll say. I sort their laundry. I do all of this when they get home from school. 
So that, number one, they know that there's not just a laundry fairy depositing clothing into their drawers while they're at school and they have no knowledge of how this process works or, quite frankly, um, a gratitude for it, right? I mean, if they see you doing it and if they are part of the process, it makes them more, um, well, it makes them feel part of a team and that raises their confidence. So, you know, one of the other benefits of it is that they, that they know that they're part of that team and that they know that their work is needed and they can be part of the teamwork of, in this example, putting the laundry away. So I will fold it right side out because I just feel like, I mean, they could probably do that. I should probably, I mean, my oldest is 11. I'm sure he could fold his stuff right side out, but I do the right side out folding or the right side out flipping, whatever you want to call that. And then I put it into piles and they put it away. They put the socks and underwear away. They put their towels away. They have a stake in the job that happens at the house. And so if you're struggling with feeling distracted by what you need to do, the kids are around you, you can't focus, you can't concentrate, I really love leaning into this practice of separating manual tasks and digital tasks, it sounds really tedious. It's really not. It's just like save your computer work for when they're gone and do all the housework when they're home. Let them see that you're making dinner. Let them empty the dishwasher for you. Like have the manual tasks be part of what you do when you're all together. The other thing I love about doing manual tasks when my children are home from school, for example, in the afternoons, is my mind's available. Like when I'm sorting laundry, my mind's free. When I'm calling the plumber, when I'm, you know, working, when I'm updating finances, my mind is occupied and I don't have room to talk to them about their day. I don't have the availability to see on their face that, oh, this one's a little quiet today. Something must have happened at school. I need to nudge up to him and ask him, you know, how are you? What's going on? So I love that part about doing the manual tasks when the kids are around too, that it enables me to be more present mentally where a lot of these digital tasks just require too much of my brain for me to really be present. And let's be honest, this isn't done perfectly every day in my life or yours, but it is something cool to try out. All right, so those are my five favorite life hacks. If you liked this, I have more, I have more, but let me know if you like this episode and I can make this a series or something, I don't know. I just love this kind of stuff. So number one, no sharing cups with kids. It's the fastest way to get sick all year long. Number two, leave earlier, be earlier, and avoid this hurry sickness that is so ingrained in our type A personalities. Number three, when you have that hair appointment, book the next one and book your babysitter after that next one for your date night that same night. I love that practice so much. Number four, do the grocery delivery. Your time savings wins every time, period. And number five, stop folding your kids' clothes. I'm so glad we got to do this today. Listen, everybody knows word of mouth is the best advertising. So if you liked what you heard, follow, share, leave a review. And there's so much more where that came from. Go to SheJustGlows.com to read words of encouragement and inspiration that you just might need today. There you'll also learn about my work as a life coach and how we can work together. My publications have been viewed more than 4 million times by moms around the world. We have such an amazing community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and... Well, that's all I got right now. I've decided I'm too old for TikTok. Remember, you've got this. You are enough. I'll see you next time. And until then, you glow girl.